Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. Hey, Paul. It is great to be here. Thanks for having me back. How are you? I am doing terrific. And yourself? Good. Doing great. Excellent. Ready to learn even more about coaching mm-hmm. and the power of coaching and how it can really get your employees and your organization to the next level. Absolutely. And this is, like I say it all the time, this is what you do day in and day out. Right. And I love doing it. And I talk to, uh, I teach managers on a weekly basis uh, all over the country. I've actually got clients on the other side of the globe. I've got to uh, talk to them at 5 o'clock my time, which is 8 o'clock in the morning their time. So mm-hmm. the next day. So uh, it's just a great uh, it's just a great process to see organizations change, transform, see the managers transform, see them have a sense of control over their life, and also they develop people, and they love that. And you're kind of giving away the secret here. Yeah, you're just, saying if you really want to develop, you got to coach. You've got to coach. It's different from any other type of training skill, other soft skill things that you learn. Yeah, I was. I had a CEO the other day ask me, and, and we were talking about this. And he said, "If you if you were a CEO today, and I was many many years ago, but if you were a CEO today, what would you you know? You could only have one school, one skill, or one tool that you give your management team. What would it be?" And I'd say coaching. Yeah. Because I can make everything else happen from that. But if you take that away, you're not going to be able to outperform the competition. I usually I use the term now outcoach the competition, and I truly believe that my clients through their ROA, through their performance, through their improved retention. They are out coaching the competition, and if people aren't using coaching skills, uh, I am a true believer of this. If you're not using coaching skills, you are being out coached by your competitors, and it's going to put you to disadvantage as the decades proceed. A, a lot of managers think coaching is their yearly performance, <laughs> right? Your, the yearly performance appraisal, and that's it. Yeah. But today, you're going to talk about ways well, to make that into yeah. the entire process. Let's go back to that analogy for a moment because that's, that's <laughs> a great I'm, point. It's true no, though, right? Absolutely. It, it's so often, they, and they hate doing it, and they have hate doing the discussion, they hate filling it out, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But let me imagine this. Let's say that you were driving a car, and it had, uh, you, you know, you got a brand new car, but all of a sudden, you're driving down the highway, and the speedometer, you know, the electronic screen, everything else works, the car's running fine, the engine runs, all of that works, the heater's working, everything, but the speedometer is intermittent. <laughs> sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. And then as you as you're going through, you know, small burgs and small towns that you know, have to go down to 25 miles an hour and 35 miles an hour and 45 miles an hour, if your speedometer's not there, your uncertainty is tremendous. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that's like coaching. If you're not if you're not giving employees feedback, if they're not aware of where they're at on the path and if they're at the right speed and doing the right things and all of that, if you're not doing that, guess what? The uncertainty that they're feeling from that is just immense. Right. And there's just no way they're going to think that you're a great manager because of the uncertainty they feel. The more confidence they have, the more sure of themselves, and the more sure of they're doing the right things at the right time for the right reasons, then you're going to be a great manager. Right. And that's the key. And, and the steps you're, you're going to talk, take today is when you do a plan, mm-hmm. just how the, to do it right. Right. How to do it right. It just Just some simple ideas and goals that you can do with it. Um, one of the things I think is an important key is Gallup in 19, or excuse me, in 2012, uh, did a report, and they reported that only 30% of employees are actually engaged in the United States, and about 70% are unengaged, mm-hmm. and, and well, you know, just not completely engaged. And so, and some of them are actually actively not engaged right. at all. I mean, they're right. almost they're almost putting the brakes on the on the organization. 
When you coach, you, you improve that number significantly. Research also suggests that having an effective manager can improve an employee's engagement, and I'm absolutely convinced of that. I've seen employees or I've seen organizations that when the coaching process improves, their retention actually improves. Employee turnover uh, gets better. Employee, employees stay longer. And then when employees stay longer, guess what? Consumers get better service. And so I just think that's such an important key. And so a development plan for employees is just the critical factor of, of success in the organization. Let me ask you this question. I know it's a tough one. It's almost like the old question, what is art? I know it when I see it. Right. What is an engaged employee? Mm-hmm. You know? It, right. Well, just like we did in, in the last podcast with Brian Hogan, okay? Mm-hmm. Before he asked that question, that young man he was engaged, but he wasn't completely in full ownership, okay? Mm-hmm. He was working there, but he's like, I don't know if I can ask this question. I don't know if I can do this. And when Brian asked him, you know, what would you do? How would you put this together? He goes, well, I didn't know I could say that. And so notice how he went from, he was involved with the organization, but he wasn't truly engaged. Right. And, that, and that commitment, that engagement, in my opinion, is when that person st- starts taking complete ownership of their responsibilities, their roles, their duties. And when they take that ownership, then they're completely engaged. They're leaning into the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just a, an incredibly powerful and tool. And that really should be the goal of coaches and managers to bring people to that level, mm-hmm. not just the simple goal of everyone complete their work. Right. 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 Yeah, they complete the task. That because the other side of the coin is too, if if when people are engaged, you're using you're also not only getting their time, but you're also getting their imagination. Okay. And that's, that's another a step. Great description. That's yeah. another step from it. I mean, someone might do the job, but they might be thinking about how can I make this better. Yeah. But if you've got somebody who's fully engaged, they're doing the job, but then they're saying, what can we do better? Mm-hmm. So now, if you've got people, eleven people who report to you, and so there's twelve in your department, including yourself. Well, before, without them being engaged, you've basically got one one-twelfth of the, of the productivity you can because you're only using one brain to do that. But if you've got, if you've got everybody engaged in the process and they're all um, – uh, everyone's engaged and they're all involved with it, they're all involved with it, then the imagination of the entire organization expands. And that's the key. That's, you know, that's the goal. Right. I mean, it's, it's better to have 12, you know, shining stars in, in the whole department than just one glowing light and all the other bulbs are, eh, they're just not quite as, they're, they're dim, they're there, they're operating, but they're not really as bright as they could be. And I think that's, that's my description of engagement, too, is they're going to be as bright as they can be. And the, the distinction is you're bringing them to yourself and the group to the p- full potential, which is the name of your show. Absolutely right. I mean, not just... Mm-hmm. This isn't coaching just to get by. This isn't coaching just to check a list. This right. is coaching to really bring people to that higher level. Absolutely. You know, performance equals potential yeah. minus interference. And interference can be, hey, I didn't realize that you wanted my opinion. That could be an interfering factor. I didn't realize that you wanted my ideas. I didn't realize that you wanted me to be involved. And all of a sudden when you have that, then that then you that performance equals potential minus interference. All of a sudden that one interfering factor was they didn't realize that you wanted their opinion. When you when they when you when they realize you not only want their opinion, yeah. that you encourage their opinion and you want them to have ownership, then that's a whole different level of engagement. Right. And so So we want our we want employees to be engaged because absolutely. it ends up being better for the organization, them, and of course yourself as a absolutely as a growing leader. A- absolutely, and so as we talk to to managers about the five steps of creating an employee development plan, you know, the very first thing is is to look at the business goals and what do we have to accomplish. 
and Brian Hogan's discussion in this last podcast that we did just before this one. So um, if you're listening to this one today and you want to go back and listen to Brian Hogan, I think that's a great thing because what he did with that employee, in order to get them fully engaged, he talked about the business goals of the organization. And the first thing is, guess what? We're going to have a 10. They're asking, we've got a company we've got a contract with, and they're going to increase our productivity by 10%. But we can't hire new employees to do that, so we've got to be more efficient to make that happen. So now that employee understands the business goals, and he also understands that we've got to do this, this, or this to hit those goals. You know, we can get new equipment, we can get more efficient equipment, we can get more packaging, we can get more you know, lines and how we set things up. But we've got to do that in a way that we can meet these goals. And uh, ta-da, then once you have that, then you've got a ma- you've got an employee that's completely engaged in the process. So talk to them about the business goals and how it's going to impact them as, as an organization. And then obviously step two is just, you know, talk to the employees. Have a conversation. You know, bring them in and say, hey, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to achieve? I think this is also very important from... This is very important from talking to your employees, is getting them in the right spot. Um, you know, in the book Good to Great, uh, Jim Collins talks about getting the right people in the right spot of the bus. That analogy never worked for me. Yeah. And I've been rethinking it um, on a whole different analogy of really, you want to be almost the maestro of an orchestra. Mm. And you want to ask people, okay, you're going to have, th- you've got three violinists, they're excellent, they're almost equal in, in skill sets, but you've got three pieces in three months that you're going to have to play that's going to require a significant you know, uh, solo for violinist. Wouldn't it be incredibly powerful to say, we've got these three pieces. Of these three pieces, which one do you like the best? Now, we would love for them to say, you know, each of them to say, I love this one, I love this one. Right. You know, if we had you know, violinist number one say, I love piece number one. Two says, I love piece number two. Three say, I love piece number three. Then you could say, guess what? You're going to be the lead violin on that particular piece. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when you do that, you're truly getting engagement because they're going to say, I'm going to have my moment in the sun. I'm going to, you know, so think about the They get hours. excited about that oh, piece, yeah. Absolutely. Not only do they love the piece themselves, but they're going to get an opportunity. You know, you're just not always making the first violin do the solos every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it takes practice to get to that point where you can do that piece to that level. And so uh, I think that's a much better analogy to use than getting the right people on the right side of the bus. Is the analogy of a, you're actually a, a maestro. You're going to get this team to make beautiful music. And by getting them to play beautiful music, you find out what their strengths right. and their weaknesses are. And then use them in a position that you can, in fact, get them to their ultimate strengths. And if you can do that, you're going to be incredibly powerful. And this, and asking them this step, they usually know what their strengths are. Most because people they, do. It, it seems right. like a lot of times it follows what they like to do. Right. But let's assume they don't. Yeah. I've even got a follow-up for that. Okay. If, if they, Let's assume they don't. Then you ask them the question, what gives you a sense of gliding, a sense of flow, a sense of effortlessness? Everybody knows what gives them that. Mm-hmm. And then you want... then. Then it may be a scenario what gives them a sense of gliding, a sense of flow, a sense of effortlessness, not the things that they're doing right now. Then let's have that discussion about how can I get you to that part? Because it's like the it's like the image of the yin and the yang. You've seen the, the image of the yin and the yang, and it's mm-hmm. a circle, and it's got you know two images together, and you know one image has got a bigger portion than the other. You want to use that in kind of your team. You want to have the team members with their strengths doing those things that they're strong at. Because you can't fix anybody's weaknesses. Coaching does not fix weaknesses. Yeah. Coaching can release strengths. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what we have to do as a manager is focus on those things that help us improve those strengths of those employees. And then we as a great maestro will put people in the right spots in the orchestra playing the right instrument at the right time. And then guess what? The music of the entire symphony is better. And you reach that new potential. Absolutely. Together. Yeah. You, you do something, something you can't do by yourself, too. Something you couldn't do by yourself, but something as collectively as a group that you may never have thought that you could get that level of performance. Yeah. That you could Good. get that kind of music. And so, you know, just have the conversation. And then another important key, a third step, is recognize potential versus readiness. You know, some people may have great potential, but they may not have all of the understanding that they need in order to get their done, to get done. So, you know, the, the first three steps we've talked about so far is obviously consider the business goals. What do we got to do? Have a conversation with your employees. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What do they want to do? What do they want to focus on? Where do they want to go in their career? That's a great uh, employee development plan. But then also recognize their potential versus their readiness. They may have great potential for this, but they may not be ready for it. So how do we get them to the point where they're ready for this next step? Right. Because if we can get them ready for that next step, it can be incredibly profound. And, uh, and but you've got to do it in a sequential step. You just can't do it all at once. That takes that takes some of those uh, courageous conversations too to let people know mm-hmm. where you think they're ready and where they're right. not. Right. But but always come from the standpoint of I believe in you and I want to help you grow. From my perspective, we need to do these steps. Mm-hmm. But you know, but again, ask the question. You know, the way that you would do that is ask the question. Here are four steps. Which would you feel most comfortable with going forward? And then let's say that they want to jump to step three and, and ignore step one and two. Then you say, okay, well, give me some thoughts on step one. Do you have any concerns about that? Have you ever tried this before? What's your level of confidence here? On a scale of one to ten, how confident can you do this task right mm-hmm. now? And at that point, once you drill down, uh, they call it the spiral probe technique. Once you sp- you know, continue to spiral in and probe deeper into the issue, they're going to tell you, eh, you may be right. Yeah. Uh, you may have noticed something, but it's them coming to that conclusion rather than you telling them right. it. You're that, asking those questions again. Asking yeah. the questions, and that's the magic of doing that. And so that's the, uh, that's the important key with that process. So I, I'm guessing that once you identify that you, you help them, mm-hmm. Learn their new skills, right? Right. How do you do that? Well, then you've got to basically come up with a training and development plan. So you've, okay. you've had, you know, you've done the first three steps. You've you've talked about your business goals. What do we need to do as an organization? You've talked to the employee about their strengths and weaknesses. You've recognized their potential versus readiness. Now you've got to come up with a point of, okay, what kind of training and development do they need? Is there a, some type of an online program? Do we need to send them off to a program? Do we do we need them to do we need to really you and I as the employee and the manager go through a book and and kind of have a a team meeting once a week to talk about the skill sets you would need to do. Uh, do we need to bring somebody else in that helps you to learn this program? Whatever that is, but learn it. Look at all of the various training and development options that you have available to you to help this employee get to the point where they can accomplish this goal mm-hmm. and accomplish this task. You know, uh, I just got to mention you've been doing training for a long time. I did done training for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for not having a training development plan, right? Um, you don't have to wait for the HR department or the train department. There's all kinds of resources everywhere, uh, whether it's a YouTube video, a great podcast, right. for example. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's all kinds of resources that people can can really use mm-hmm. to develop themselves. Absolutely. Develop themselves and, 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 and take ownership. Um, ownership, that's right. You know, yeah. it's your career. Uh-huh. It's your future. 
it's your legacy, own it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's uh, an important key. And going back to owning it, um, you know, go back to the uh, the podcast with uh, Elliot. Uh, Meredith Elliott Powell, okay. and she she actually wrote a book called Own It, Take yes. Responsibility, and that would be a great podcast for people to go back to and listen to the important mm-hmm. keys that she talks about of owning your own development, owning your own career, and not ex- expecting anybody to come in and wave a wand over you and Da-da-da, you're going to be the CEO. You've got to drive to do that. You've got to push to do that. You've got to lean in to make that happen. And and let me also just if you don't mind me saying that every every employee's plan would be different. Mm-hmm. Because they would have different skills, but everybody probably needs to have this podcast on their developmental. <laughs> I mean, that's I, don't you think absolutely. I'm the one that said it. You didn't say it. Okay? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be doing this. I'm absolutely convinced. You know, this is it's the a way. Must thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is the way I will spend the rest <laughs> of my career is is preaching and evangelizing the power of coaching and the impact it makes in organizations. But the impact it makes in, in making a manager better. You know, I've mentioned many times in this when I wrote the book, uh, My Best Boss Ever, and I asked people, who's your best boss and why? Inevitably, it came back. They told me stories about a manager who, in fact, coached them to a higher level of performance. Mm-hmm. And they required them to, to work harder than they've ever worked before. But they also had a sense of accomplishment and a sense of achievement they'd never achieved with anyone else. And I think that's the key of being a great manager is to be able to do those kinds of things where you 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 elevate people beyond what, what they thought they could achieve right that they that they were able to go back and look at something that they truly they they're leaving a legacy because they're they're a better individual they're a better employee because of it and i just think that's a that's an incredibly powerful and a powerful key so you have the you have the training development ideas what's the Mm -hmm. last step of this and then create a plan before after enduring yeah the last step is create a plan before and after enduring and so, you know, as you're working this plan, you want to make sure that you go back and talk to the employees. Uh, how's it going? How's it working? Uh, do you feel comfortable with it? Anything that we're missing? Have you learned something new that you need to approach? Is there a new rabbit hole we need to go down? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. But, you know, to kind of recap here, the, the five steps to do this is, number one, consider your business goals. What do you want to do as a department? You've got to make sure that your coaching helps these employees right. develop to meet your goals and your organization. I think that's number one. Number two, have a conversation. What are you looking for? What are you, what's your strengths? What's your weaknesses? What do you want to accomplish? Number three, recognize the potential for readiness. You may have a somebody who has great potential, but they're not quite ready yet. You know, it's just like uh, the major league pitchers. They don't bring folks up from, you know, from AAA who might have been absolutely tearing it up and then expect them to do that at this next level. I mean, they're playing against a, a new, higher, more competitive level of competition that their, you know, their curveballs break harder. Their fastballs are faster. Their screwballs break quicker. All of those things, and all of a sudden, you know, it's, uh, it's like NFL players. Uh, right. I remember when Marty Schottenheimer was talking about NFL players, and he says, what's the biggest thing that new players see or notice? And he said that the big thing is, in the NFL, everybody's fast. You know, when they played on Saturday, there were a lot of people that were fast. Right. But when they're playing on Sunday, everybody's fast. Yeah. And just the speed of the game is so much different and, yeah. and so much faster. And so I think that's the important key with regards to readiness and potential is that employee may have potential, but they may not be ready yet. And your job is to make sure that you put them in the right spot at the right time for the right reason so they're ready at the right time. And I think that's an important key. 
And then obviously consider all types of training. There's all kinds of programs out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got Coaching Manager University. So if people really want to delve into this in greater detail, uh, we'll take them through, you know, 52 modules that they can really think about. What are the keys of being a great manager and a great coach? And then the last module or, st- or step five is create a plan before and after and during the process and that you're working with that. And then the takeaway is continue to, to modify that plan as you work for it. It's not going to be just because you start the plan, life happens, things change. Mm-hmm. And and kind of back to what I was saying at the very beginning, um, you got to modify it and update it mm-hmm. as opposed to, I think I jokingly said, people – have it one time a year and that's right. it. It's not this is these five steps won't work if if you only follow up once a year. Yeah, you can't have the intermittent speedometer. Right. You've got to be able to see that speedometer all the time to know where you're going, what your directions. I mean it would just be like imagine just imagine driving a car and all of a sudden every, you know, uh, 500 feet they threw mud on your windshield uh, to uh, to impede your your view and then how difficult that would be every 500 feet as it built up and and became difficult to see. You couldn't you couldn't drive with confidence then. That's what an employee, when, when we're not communicating with them how they're doing or wh- how effective they are or they're growing, they're progressing as an employee, then they're going to be uncertain. And that uncertainty leads to um, lack of confidence and a lack of growth. Um, I love there was uh, Bum Phillips was the coach of the uh, Houston Oilers. And, uh, you know, it's always the NFL playbook is always top secret. And uh, his playbook got released. And uh, he only had 34 plays on it. And so one of the reporters asked him, you've only got 34 plays. You know, you're an NFL coach. And he says, people who are confused cannot be confident. And he says, you know, and people who are confused can't be aggressive. And we want them to be aggressive. So if if it's simple and they know what their job is, then boom, they can do it at at excellence. And I think that's a great example of that. We want to make sure that our employees are confident so they can be aggressive and help grow their career. That's great. That's that is great steps, great takeaway. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Um, how can people get a hold of you if they want to know more or g- ask you questions directly? Absolutely. Uh, I've got a website, RoyRoland.com. They can certainly go there. Uh, we've also got a 52-module program we're putting together, uh, and it's actually uh, coaching. F- well, it's actually coachingmanager.university, so they can find that online and, and uh, contact us there and say, hey, how can I start using Coaching Manager University? Excellent. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.